are two kinds of people in this world. One has to be the smartest person in the room. The other has learned the wisdom of learning how to shut up and listen. Today, Rocky Stucci, the emotional meatball, and Jeffrey Darty, the Christian whistleblower, invite you to a meeting of the minds and the mouths as we put together our combined experiences and become better people. Each of us joining together and learning how to shut up and listen. Rocky Stucci, the Every emotional meatball. Damn time. Dude. Look at that, bro. <laughs> Look at that. Hey, let me show you something here. Check this out, brother. Look at what we got. Look at what we got. Oh, nice. Yep. This is when you come up here. But dude, we are literally just right around the corner. It is going to be. We less are. It's a week. For, yeah, it's close, man. Less than a, it's three days. Days, days <laughs> away, bro. It's that quick. So these are what I used when um, I got to broadcast at the PGA event. And I just want to give a special shout out to Ron Phillips from Mojo 50. Uh, he sent us these because he wants to make sure that what we do um, we're going to look good and sexy when we're broadcasting. And uh, I've got a message from the bar owner for our event on Wednesday night. And um, it's picking up some steam, and they're super excited about us coming there and, and doing our live broadcast on Thursday, the 15th. Beautiful. Now, Rocky, when you're at the PGA, did you have to do the golf talk? Hello, this is Rocky Stucci. We're on the 15th green. So, dude, I got to tell you something. Um, it, it was kind of a weird experience because, you know, as we progress through life, we meet all kinds of people, right? Yeah. Um, now I was invited there. I work with the stem cell company and, um, they told me, dude, they flipped like $50,000 to get this tent for four hours, just like that. 50 grand. Boom. Just like that. And, um, so they invited me because what they do, the stem cell company, they do injections for disabled children, disabled veterans, and th their results are miraculous. But the people, I, they, you know, I'm not saying anything bad, not saying anything bad. But the people are different, you know? So I wasn't right. announcing the game itself. Like, all right, Rocky Stucci on hole 13, ladies and gentlemen. It's weird. It took us like a half an hour to get to hole 13 because you can only make it five feet at a time before you got to stop and be silent because somebody's hitting a stupid-ass golf ball. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, no, it was really cool. It was humbling. Um, people are different because there's a lot of money. Money does weird things to people. So, Jeff, when we make it there, we got to make sure that it doesn't change us because we're going there, bro. Just saying. Absolutely. And let me just on that note, let me give a couple of shout outs to guys that are have, have made it or really on their close on mm -hmm. the way to making it and are still real people still helping out. Um, Chris Jericho, Talk is Jericho podcast, Sam Tripoli, Tinfall Hat podcast, both having, you know, me, the Christian whistleblower on for who knows what reason, but real guys at the top of their game, bro, and still giving back and still being real brothers. You know what I mean? I do. And um, so we have some mutual friends that are really good friends with Jericho. And uh, for what I hear, I've never met him or talked with him. But what I hear and understand is that he is one humble mofo. He's he's just a straight-up chill dude. Uh, he loves doing this. He does his, his cruises, um, yep. his rock and roll cruises. And um uh, seems seems uh, like the kind of guy that should be um, hanging out at our parties, Jeff. You know what I mean, bro? What's I up? know, and I'm I'm kind of glad that I'm not going to be in the studio with Jericho because I would really feel very tempted to to try to touch his butt somehow. You know, very calmly and you know in, in a way that's not obvious, but I would want to at least brush against his butt. Dude, I just did it in my thoughts, bro. The weirdest <laughs> shit just happened. And by the way, folks, when you think I'm just kidding, that when I see Jeff, I'm gonna live stream me literally licking his oh, face. God. Could you imagine if Jericho caught you touching his butt, what he would do to you? I think I could take him. 
Jericho? Dude, totally. Look at this. What's up? <laughs> That's hilarious. I always wanted to put somebody through the tables. I always wanted to get in the ring and uh, just smash somebody's face legally. You know what I'm saying, bro? I'm a peaceful <laughs> man, though. You know? <laughs> Dude, you're all made. You're made up for wrestling. Tim ought to hook you up for some kind of a wrestling gig, bro. So I talked to Tim Dennis and uh, folks, th those of you that don't know Tim Dennis, he works with Dave Schrader on Darkness Radio, and he's also on the Jericho Network. Um, he does local wrestling gigs here, Jeff. Right. And I told him, I'm not even lying. I told him, I'm like, dude, I will pay you. I says, my goal in life is to smash somebody in the face with the chair. And if he can make that happen, I'm not even joking. We can get Tim on this show. He will tell you those are my exact words. Um, and he keeps telling me to do it. And then I chicken out, bro. What's up with that, man? Hey, we need to do a live event with the meatball in the ring, smashing somebody in the face of the chair. How about if you smash me in the face with a chair? Can't do it. You're too, you're too. I can't do it, bro. I can't do it. Oh, okay. I love you too much, man. I got to get somebody that I don't like because I'm not holding back. I ain't pulling like they do in the WWE. I'm. Oh, I, you're talking about really smashing somebody with a chair. I'll just act like it was an accident. Like I used too much thrust. I'll be like, dude, I'm so sorry, man. Wake up, bro. What's up now? Oh, no. We should do it, bro. We should. We should. That would be beautiful. You know, I want people to start a drinking game. Every time you listen to shut up and listen, every time we say, bro, you need to do a <laughs> shot. You need to do a shot at tequila or Jägermeister or something. They won't make it through the first segment, bro. Bro. <laughs> There's two right there. What's There's up now? Right there. Boom, boom. <laughs> oh, man. So, Rocky, a lot of you just said to me before we came on the air, a lot of crazy stuff Dude, is going on in the world today. It is. It's um, I, it, I'm kind of to the point to where I find myself sheltering myself. I'm, I'm kind of hiding. I'm, I'm doing the. Yeah. I'm exercising myself from reality, um, and, and I want to get to this, but Jeff, I, I, I've i had this question kind of brewing in my brain the last couple of days, and I wanted to save it for this program, and I think this would be a good way to kind of start this conversation off. Um, I hear people talk about Tavistock, and we talk about the different conspiracies and the conspiracies behind Trump. Uh, we look at what's going on globally. Um, dude, it's it's weird. It's 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 unnerving. Uh, what we're seeing here today. And I think one of the biggest things that you do and that I do it, and it's your tagline, Jeff. And, and I say it all the time now about unindoctrinating ourselves, right? Yep. Um, it, it's, it's so unbelievable how the human being has become so compliant with information. And I think one of your goals and one of my goals is to always have our listeners challenge narratives you know challenge every single thing that is put on our plate because there's always motive behind everything no matter left right center it don't matter but i had this thing floating around in my brain in regards to jeff um because i believe that where we stand in life today a lot of it has to do with life experiences um now jeff you were in ministry for years over 20 years correct right. okay so what i was thinking the other day and i'm like i gotta ask this when you were in ministry, compared to when you were not in ministry, what were your views on, let's say, spiritualism, paranormal, ufology, uh, Bigfoot stuff? What mm -hmm. were your views when you were in ministry, and what was it, what was the pivotal time in your journey in life to where you started exploring alternative realities, maybe is the correct word to say? Um, what, what happened in, in that part of your life to make you explore our worlds? 
Hmm, that's a great question. And I've never really quite pondered it before, but typically, and this is of course, back in the eighties, back in the eighties, if you were a Christian, you had to be, I mean, there was no options. You were against UFOs. That's of the, that's just demons. Mm-hmm. You know, Bigfoot was demons. Anything paranormal was demons. It was all demons, Rocky, the, the hardcore evangelical, you know, Pentecostal Christian world is very black and white. There's God and Jesus and the Holy ghost. That's white and everything else is black and not just black, but black, black, black. And there, black lives don't matter. That's the bad stuff. You want to leave that alone. So that was, I mean, that's just the way it was, period. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much that has changed now because you got guys like L.A. Marzulli that kind of dabble in the paranormal and are still very, very hardcore Christian. And I would still love to debate L.A. Marzulli about eschatology in a gentlemanly fashion that, that um, offer stands. But I think it might have shifted a little bit. For me personally, it didn't happen until I realized that, at least in my opinion, that religion was a fear and guilt control matrix. I saw the cracks in the foundation. I had to leave. And then once I left, my mind was outside of that fear and guilt control matrix. My mind was outside of that plug in your brain paradigm and don't think for yourself. And then I had to, number one, recognize was were these things even real and then come up with explanations at least to satisfy myself for what they were. So it was a process, Rocky. First of all, this isn't real. This isn't real. It's demons. Then realizing, oh, some of this stuff is real. Now, what is it? And frankly, that's a process that I'm still on right now, my brother. That's interesting. Um, did you believe in paranormal when you were in ministry? Well, I believe paranormal happened, but I believe it was all demonic, period. And when did you? when was the transformation when you believed that so you were indoctrinated to believe it was all demonic. Exactly. Okay. So what was part of the transformation to where you um, became more aware that you were indoctrinated to believe one thing and to find out that it was something completely different? You know, this is going to sound really crazy and people are going to say, oh, he's telling a lie. And it sounds almost kind of stupid, but kind of the pivotal moment for me on that was my son, Joshua, my daughter, Uh, Sandra started living with me and they started staying up all freaking night long emotional meatball watching this listen to this damn radio show coast to coast am all night long I wake up there asleep on the couch because they've been up all night long listening to the radio they're trying to get me to listen to coast to coast I'm not staying up all night to listen to coast to coast we're on the east coast Mm -hmm. it's the middle of night then they started watching this ancient aliens with this guy with funny hair and stuff I'm like, you guys are absolutely crazy. And they, they did something like, we'll mow the yard. If you watch this with us, we'll, you know, we'll do the dishes. If you listen to this with us and I listened and I watched Rocky and I'm like, damn, there might be something here. Mm -hmm. And that was the moment where I started to consider considering whether any of this stuff was anything beyond demonic. So it was, and I told Giorgio Sukulis this the other day at, at um, contact in the desert, I shook his hand, told him that story. He goes like, wow, I hear that. Not enough, but that's cool. So yeah, it was coast to coast AM and ancient aliens. Wow, bro. How about that? That's interesting stuff. It is. And I'm like, that's so stupid. That's the dumbest thing ever. I would never, I do not listen to coast to coast and it's a strange world Rocky. Cause now I've been on there. I don't know, eight, nine times mm-hmm. on coast to coast as a guest. So what about that? Huh? Well, you know, it's crazy because when we sit here and, and we're, we're, 
growing up in this world, we're indoctrinated to believe something very specific. And once we break from those chains and we start exploring, I think there's this period that we all go through of overwhelming information because once we become that sponge, it, you know, we, we open our minds up to all these different things and all these different theories and possibilities. And then there's that process we need to go through of dissection and, and trying to pick yeah. and choose on, you know, a lot of what we pick and choose depends on who we are, our experiences, what we were taught in the past, how we un, unindoctrinated ourselves and what we're trying to figure out to be what we think is truth. But I, I got a question though. Uh, before I go on to the fear and guilt matrix in regards to uh, religion and modern-day society. Eschatology. Mm -hmm. When you talk about, what, Marzulli? L.A. Marzulli, yeah. L.A. Marzulli. Now, this is a theology in reference to end of times, end of the world type of stuff? Exactly. Okay, so what what is it that he believes? What is his theories in regards to, to this? Well... Um, L.A. Marzulli is very uh, representative of the the modern evangelical Christian oh. concept of eschatology. All right. We're waiting for the rapture, Rocky. The yeah. rapture is going to happen in any second. You better be right or you're not going to go. And then we're going to have this tribulation period and the Antichrist is going to be revealed. And they're going to be chopping heads and giving the mark of the beast. And then the third temple is going to be rebuilt after they find the red heifer. And then here okay. comes the trumps. Here comes the vials. Uh, all hell breaks loose. Depending on what you believe, Jesus comes back every somewhere in there to save you, and all the bad people get it, and then you get to come back and step over all their bodies and reign forever with Jesus on earth. Can I get an amen? Amen, dude. I just had a visual. Oh, Jesus, help me! I just had a visual. Oh wow, I just had two visuals. That was really weird. I had two visuals at the same time. I just had a visual of Jesus coming back and him walking up to Jeff, and Jeff is like, Jesus. Jesus, I swear to God, I was just joking when I said you were a plastic, brother. <laughs> <laughs> You're not plastic. No, that's funny. but he is. He is. And um, you know what? If, if if plastic Jesus walked up to me, I don't care if his head's plastic or not. I will give him a head, but I will smash him in the face with a chair. Damn. Absolutely. Hold on, bro. Just in case. <laughs> just in case, Jesus. <laughs> Oh man. All right. So mine would, be, mine would be more like this. Oh, just in case again, that's the plastic Jesus right there. That's what wow. I got. For you. Dude, I need a hug, bro. I need a hug. What's up? <laughs> oh boy. But that's, see, that's the dude, truth, man. Do you see Roberts try to do the face? I did not see it. He ain't got it, bro. Here, here, here's, 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 a, here's an impression of Scotty, the big freaking cannoli Roberts doing the face. Ready? Here's Scotty. <laughs> it doesn't quite can't carry the same way. This is what the face is supposed to look like. What's up now? Give me a hug. That's the face right there. Yeah, that's bad shit. Right? Uh, bad stuff right there. Oh, dude, you can say shit, stuff. bro. Come on, give me okay, a hug. Okay, then you can say that. You can say me and Jeff were going over before the show because we're on some terrestrials, and he's like, "Okay, now again, tell me again, what can we say or we can't say?" I'm like, "Well, should I? I know I can't say it, bro. No, you can't. I can't say." <laughs> But yeah, but that's and that's eschatology. And the thing I want to debate Marzulli about is <laughs> none of that existed, Rocky Stucci, until the 16th century. And the people that invented it were the Jesuits, and they invented it to go to combat with the Protestant reformers oh. who Marzulli claims to be the descendants of. So I see a little bit of a problem there, and I would love to debate that in a scholarly fashion. 
God, dude, we could set that up as even like a pay-per-view event, bro. Absolutely. We could do it. And we could even have maybe some, we could get in the ring at the end and solve it like men. <laughs> I just got chills, dude, bro. The ring. Although LA might take me. I, he can be a tough guy. I dude. understand. Hey, hold on, Jeff. Hold on. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. The meatball got oh, okay, you, bro. We got it. The meatball we got, got you, bro. Equalizer. This is what we do. You know what I'm talking about, bro? But I'm a man of yeah. peace. You know what I'm saying, bro? I am a man of peace, love, harmony, and fairy dust, and all that stuff. I can see that. You know what I'm saying, bro? I can see that. So you talk about the fear and guilt mat control matrix, and, mm -hmm. and I think religion is probably one of the most genius organizations to have manufactured this gear and guilt matrix. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've talked about it on my show. Um, you talk about it. Uh, a lot of people within our circle talk about this. And um, I think it's a manipulation of people's faith. So when you look at, we can go back to Moses and, and you, like I said, I don't know a lot of stuff about the Bible. You know what I mean? So I can't really reference a lot. I just know what happens. I see it happening in all forms of religion all over the country. Some are extremely radical. Some are more moderate. Yeah. How would you, because you did a, you did a stream the other day, Jeff, where you're talking about voting and, uh, honestly, 80% of the people that I'm affiliated with in this industry are political commentators. And, um, you probably broke it down in regards to voting better than any political commentator that I know in the industry. And first off, I want to say hats off to you because that was probably no disrespect to all the other streams you do. I thought that was one of the best powerful emotional streams I've seen you do in a very, very long time. It was fantastic, brother. Wow. Thank you on both of those accounts. So when you compare history and religion and the fear and guilt matrix, how would you reference that compared to what we're witnessing today from let's say a political spectrum well rocky the the religious especially in the west the christian fear and guilt control matrix is the foundation for everything and basically stated the christian fear and guilt control matrix is you're born with original sin so you've got to have salvation and we've got the only savior in town mm. so that is fear oh my gosh can I do enough guilt? Oh my gosh, I killed Jesus and control. They've got the only savior. So I got to do what they say, but what does our, does it, Jeff, how can you say it controls our financial system? Pick up a piece of money and read what's on that piece of money Dude. in God. Yep. We trust. How can you say it controls our religious system? What do they do? What's the first thing they do every day when Congress comes into session, they have a little prayer, right? Every single candidate, all of a sudden is born again. They want you to believe they're Christian. All of our culture, everything from A to Z is based on that foundation of the Judeo-Christian Western fear and guilt control matrix. It permeates everything, Rocky. What is your thoughts? Because while you were saying that and you brought up the dollar bill, um, I right on our show logo, I'm looking at it right now. You have the all CNI. Yeah. Um, what do you think the symbology is behind that? Well, I mean, we could go very deep on that and, you know, the Masonic imagery on that Illuminati imagery, but if we're just going to stay with this theme, I mean, if it says in God, we trust, and there's that eye, you know, he, he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you are awake, he knows if you've been bad or good, he's making a list. He's checking it twice. Merry Christmas. He knows who's naughty and nice. I love Christmas, bro. And that's God. I'm not talking about saying I'm talking oh, about God, bro. Oh, my man, my bad, my bad, my bad. 
Yeah, that's 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 God, not Santa. Always yelling at me and shit, bro. I know. You got that bat. You're making me a little nervous. Oh, that's right. I still got it. Okay. So it permeates everything. I remember first or second time I was on uh, Coast to Coast, speaking of Coast to Coast, George Norrie said to me and his, you know, very uh, m- m- malifra- mal- very melodious voice. I can't think of the word I want to say, you know. So, Jeffrey, please, in your opinion, why did the Roman Empire fall? And I started to give him in my head to give him this answer about overextended supply lines and trying to keep too many people in line. And then I realized I said, well, George, did the Roman Empire fall? Their form of government still rules the world. Mm-hmm. Their religion still rules the world. Mm-hmm. Their financial system still rules the world. And George is like, whoa, you're right. They, the Roman Empire may not have fallen. You're the one who opened me up to that. You had that guest on a couple few months ago talking about the Roman Empire. And then I actually had you on my show talking about the Roman Empire because, you know, history is... is um, written by the victors right and so we, we always want to have this impression that that rome actually fell collapsed was completely done but here it's still here today brother it's still here Dude, rome has been kicking ass and taking names for two thousand years and counting so we have um just a couple few minutes left here i don't know if there's going to be enough time to uh answer this before we really get deep on what we want to talk about but what is the symbology these are the questions i have for jeff during the week i think about you bro i do i think about you What's the symbology by always showing the picture of Jesus on the cross? <laughs> what is the symbology of always showing Jesus on the cross? Is there symbology to it besides just the sacrifice is what probably a lot of Christian well, people think, think. about it, Rocky. Jesus on the cross is it encapsulates the whole fear and guilt control matrix. Jesus is on the cross because of your sins. And because he died you're a sinner and you need a savior and he works for us. Dude, so you've got to come to us because you're guilty of his sin and you got to have his blood and we're the only one that's got his blood. So pay, play, stay, or burn. Damn, bro. It's pretty simple, bro. I always thought uh, somebody's super drunk right now, by the way. Yeah, they saying, are bro. right now. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought it was unique that you know we wear something around our neck that has a guy hammered to a cross on it you know i i just think it's weird that when people go to a church don't say we i ain't putting that stuff uh, around my bro. neck bro me neither bro There's i just two got shots. A, i just got a little tassel thing it's no cross yeah what is that i was gonna ask you about that that's what you call a mala it kind of helps me get my zen on because you know i get fired up a lot so Dude, i'm trying to just even it out a little bit i want to get my mala and okay. get my zen on bro you you selling those no, I'm not selling these. You should be. I should be. You're right. Maybe we'll have to work on that. I got to find a balance. You know what I mean? I got to find do. a balance. Yeah, that's it. Just a little balance. Maybe just a little reminder, you know? Well, it's weird because the things that we talk about, and, and so let's let's go out with this. The things that we talk about, a lot of the stuff we talk about is extremely controversial, right? Yes, it is. Um, You know, how do you handle this, Jeff? How do you hit these topics but yet keep that balance in life without allowing this world and the overload of information not make you lose your mind. Yeah. I asked George Joy that same thing. Cause he gets what we get times a hundred because yeah. it's all coming at him yep. and you just have to, it, it's, it's, that is the life that we live maintaining a balance, keeping both feet on the ground, keeping your mind open and not allowing fear and despair to overwhelm you and start looking for the possibilities and the answers instead of the difficulties and, and the problems. I think. 
That's pretty deep, brother. That's pretty deep. So, Jeff, we have about uh, 30 seconds here before we got to go out. Folks, when we come back, I, I I got questions for Jeff. I've been thinking about this all week, and Jeff did that stream the other day. And um, I, when we talk about the fear and guilt matrix, we're witnessing that every single day. So we're going to get a little conspiratorial here, bro. But, Jeff, take us out, my brother. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you are quiet, people might wonder if you're stupid. But if you open your mouth, you could remove all doubt unless you've learned how to shut up and listen. We'll be right back. From coast to coast and border to border, they're wall to wall and treetop tall, expanding minds and tickling a few ribs along the way. Rocky Stucci, Jeffrey Darty, shut up and listen. Shut up. That's it, bro. Damn, bro. So, um, you know what's really cool? And I want to say this really quick is those folks that are listening because we're on so many different platforms. Um, if you are watching on Odyssey Radio, if you are watching on Mojo Five O Radio, it's uh, or if you're listening somewhere terrestrially, or if you're listening on iHeartRadio, dude, we are everywhere, bro. We're all over it. But if you want to join during the conversations, we don't stop the video. You guys can come to Jeffrey's YouTube channel, and we continue. You know, it's not professional radio during the breaks. It's just brothers having a conversation. But That's you can right. come along and you can join us for that journey. And I promise you something. I promise you this. Jeff has one of the best chats in the entire YouTube universe. And they will welcome you with open arms. And it's a variety of people with a variety of different beliefs. And it is, for the most part, phenomenal conversations. And I encourage all of you to look up Jeffrey Darty or the Christian Whistleblower on YouTube. Come hither. And join us in this journey. And you can look at all this sexiness up in here, bro. What's up? And you won't believe some of the stuff that gets going in that chat room. I mean, we got people talking about this, talking about that. Some people looking good. Some people not looking so good. But, I mean, it's a it's a definite little subculture. And it's the kind of people that I like. Can I be honest with you, Jeff? You always are. Why would you stop now? It's a hell of a point. Every once in a while, you get a straggler. You know what I'm saying? And I want to slap him or her. You know, they want to come in and just chop their jaws and, and start trouble, you know, and that happens, you know, that's part of the, part of the, uh, part of the territory, but I love the trolls because the trolls mean you're getting something done. Seriously, for real, dude, I, yep. I got, um, I did a show the other day and so thank uh, you to all my trolls. Yes. I love you. Yeah. Thank you. Big smooch. Yeah. I just, you know, I got to itch on my nose just in case. Yeah, I got yeah, you. That was my peaceful shit right there, Jeff. Did you feel it? That was good. I liked it. I it was, it good. was, it's still, the rage was still there, but it was, it had a nice, um, overtone of peace about it. So, you know, it was nice. Oh, I'm feeling really good right now, bro. Yeah. I'm feeling really good. What so was you I found your Zen say? right there, bro. And that you don't was. even have a mala on. So the middle finger is my Zen. Is that what you're That's saying? What's part that? of it. I forgot what I was going to say. I had something I that would that, that was I, I forgot. I just completely 
Well, that happens. That happens. It does happen. But come and join us for some fun. Come and join us for the ride. Jeff, how's the coffee coming along? Dude, the coffee is, uh, I'm glad you asked. And I just got it. I got a, the, my first review on the coffee and I can't, I could pull it up and read it word for word, but she's, she doesn't drink coffee and her husband is a coffee snob. Do you think that relationship will last if he's a coffee snob and she doesn't drink coffee? It shouldn't. <laughs> but anyway, she bought him some shut up, you know, hot cup of shut up coffee and the mug. And she said he drank it in like two days and said, you got to get me some more. And she said, why did you not like the coffee? Oh, I was rich. It was full as wonderful. She said, tell me more about it. He says, I couldn't, it would take three pages. Oh, so it's really good coffee. And it's so good that the first batch is sold out. And Joshua right now is, is, um, what do you, what's he doing? He's not brewing it up. He's roasting up a new batch. So get your orders in now. So you don't have to wait for like a week. Well done, Joshua. Well done. Yeah, absolutely. So Jeff, you did, um, I referenced in the first half of the program, the first uh, segment, um, you recently did a stream in regards to voting, right? You were pretty fired up. It, it was, it was uh, like I said, it was one of the best things I've seen in a very long time for political commentary. That's big coming from you, Meatball, because you run with the big dogs. And for you to say that, and I know you're not just blowing uh, no. smoke up my skirt. I know when you're doing that, but this is not one of those times. Right. How you doing? <laughs> the problem is with big dogs in this industry is um, they become politically correct. I, I've seen it do it for years is that they get to a point in their career to where they actually start picking and choosing. They kind of fall off the path of what originally created them. Um, mm. And that's something that you have never done. Um, you know, we're hardcore, you know, we're, we're, we're aggressive. We're passionate. We care about what we talk about. And that'll never change. And I've seen a lot of people in this industry that have made it to huge national levels, making, you know, seven figure incomes. Mm -hmm. um, they get to a point to where they're, they become too accommodating towards, let's say sponsors. And can we talk about a couple of big names that I, can we mention names and stuff? People in other bring networks it, bring it. because of, because of, you know, Sam Tripoli being yeah. on his podcast, he says, Hey, check out Rogan's podcast. Yep. So I went and I watched the Joe Rogan experience and I watched it when Alex Jones was on there. Yeah. It was a four hour podcast. Four, dude. And Alex Jones is like, you know, I've messed up. I've screwed up. It looked like he's had a, an awakening mm -hmm. moment where he realizes that he got too corporate and he realizes he got too fancy. Mm -hmm. and he's going back to who he are, here he was. But Jones calls out Rogan. He says, Joe, you need to wake up. You used to be hardcore. You used to be cool. Now you've sold out to your sponsors. And Rogan's like, whoa, wait a minute, bro. And Rogan, bro. I love because he's very calm. Yep. and He keeps himself under control. He know he wants to body slam Alex Jones if he could lift him. But and, and Joe responded like, hey, you know, I've been through there. You know, I've understood that we all have to make decisions. And I'm at the place where you are, Alex, where I've realized I got to go back to my roots. I got to be who I am. So I think it's a it, this, it's a big time, Rocky. It's not just you and me and, you know, uh, guys on our level, but even the, the, the high those guys that have climbed the mountain are starting to have a realization of, hey, this stuff is real and this is an amazing time. And it's time for us all to get back to basics and do what we do yep. and not be guided by the things that we shouldn't be guided by and be into the real stuff. And if it can happen in those guys' lives, this can certainly happen in the lives of anyone and everyone, including you and me here on this channel and on this podcast, this broadcast, terrestrially, celestially. We're probably even being heard telepathically on other planets, Rocky. That's so awesome, bro. We are. Nanu, nanu, bitches. <laughs> hey, um, you got to the point, Jeff, to where 
in my career here doing this, I actually had sponsors critiquing and telling me what I should and shouldn't post on my private Facebook page. Oh, dude, Rogan addressed that. He said, and he was referencing in reference to stand-up comedy, but it, it applies. He says, once you start doing stand-up and you start getting a little bit good, these people want to come in and start telling you what's wrong with your act. Yep. And most of them aren't funny. They don't know how to do comedy, but they'll tell you, don't use this joke. Don't use that joke. And the same thing happens in our industry. And, and Rogan said, you just got to tell him, well, he said something bad that I can't say. I want to say tell him to bad. forget about it and do and do what you know is right. Do what's in your heart. And we have to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, you know, you got, it's just about, it's, it's about what formed us. You know, everybody who listens, everybody who watches, we all have a story. We all have our own book and right. um, we fight super hard. Sometimes, you know, we fight for survival. We, we, we fight to find who we are in this world. And then once we identify that and we become this lion, we need to make sure we keep that path because things change when you find your identity, things change and things could very easily manipulate the way yep. you think and the way you act. And it's a matter of keeping the course. And on behalf of Jeff and on behalf of me, I promise you one thing. You don't have to like us, but we're never going to change. This is who we are. And this is the fight. And I know if I to start fight. to stray, the emotional meatball will call me up and say, exactly. I'll get to face. <laughs> <laughs> and that's good to know. And, you know, and good on Alex Jones mm -hmm. for, you know, being willing to call out Rogan and good on Rogan for being willing to call out Alex Jones and Eddie Bravo just sitting over there cracking up and doing the whole thing. You know, it's funny though. You know, I, I like Joe Rogan a lot. I really do. I like Joe Rogan a lot for this reason. A lot of respect I have for yep. Joe Rogan. That brother um, can sit down with anybody. And I think this is what we try to bring to the table. Like you will talk about Marzulli. You want to bring him to the table and have a respectful debate in regards to a subject. Um, two people with totally conflicting views. Somebody like um, Jordan Peterson. I like Jordan Peterson a lot because he is a hardcore critical thinker. You don't have to agree with what he says, but appreciate the thought process and the data research in his thoughts. Absolutely. That's what you do. That's what Rogan does. That's what I try to do is try to bring different perspectives. I had Sarah Soderlin on the show one time, Jeff, and yep. um, she's a psychiatrist. I think a forensic psychiatrist. I can't remember for sure what she's, but she's in that right. field. And so she came in and we talked about linguistics. We talked about body behavior. We talked about Donald Trump. And then we, she, she mentioned the fact that, you know, Sarah's not 100% conservative or right, or I don't even know where she stands politically. But if we're not willing to have conversations that even go against what we believe, then we are doing no justice to the people watching this program. And we are doing no justice to anybody when we claim to be a critical thinker or that word I can't stand woke. Yeah, that's so stupid. I hate it. I hate you know, it. We have to be, even when it comes to things like, you know, Donald Trump. It's either 100% anti-Donald Trump or 100% pro-Donald Trump. You can't afford to be either one. Most of us in this genre, the people that listen to us, not all of them, but most of them struggle with the, oh, well, we're going to support President Trump no matter what. We can't afford to do that. We have to support President Trump when he's right, mm -hmm. and we have to oppose President Trump when he's wrong. Somebody's got to keep holding his feet to the fire as well. You can't give any man or any woman carte blanche. Our job as the people of these United States mm -hmm. is to hold our leaders accountable. No matter how much we love them, we still got to hold their feet to the fire. When Sarah told me that over 50% of this country does not have a reading 
level above seventh grade, they it, it blew my mind. It, it, it literally blew my mind. And so that brings us to this point. When we talk about Alex Jones, we talk about Joe Rogan, and now I'm going back to what you did the other day on your stream about modern-day society. How much of what we're witnessing today do you think is organic? And how much of what we're witnessing today do you think is manufactured with the chaos? You know, my my off-the-cuff remark is almost all of it is manufactured because of the fact that people have got so addicted to television. They've got so addicted to walking around you know, with, with their face in these things. You know, that's a phone all the time. They got so addicted to the mainstream media that they don't, you know, Henry Ford once said that thinking is the hardest work there is. That's why so few people do it. Ooh. And Henry Ford been dead a long time. People today, they don't have to think. All they do is look at their device and get told what to think. All they do is, is, is look at their TV and get told what to think. That's why almost all of this, Rocky, is manufactured. Almost all of this is scripted. From the time we wake up till the time we go to bed, we've got other people telling us what to do. And there's very, very few people anymore that have the mental discipline to get past the programming. So I would say 99% of what we see in all of life is scripted very few organic people left that's why i say we're the last generation of real humans and that's why i say we need to get busy cousins dude it's starting to come to fruition we're the last generation of real humans if you really think about it and really dissect and process the data that is put upon us right now yes. dude it is it makes more and more sense the more and more i see this world on what you say when you when you say that yeah, no. You know, I say things that are catchy. I say things that are nice catchphrases. They sound good on the radio. But, dude, everything I say, unindoctrinate yourself. Yeah, it's a great catchphrase, but it's it means something. We're the last generation of real humans. Let's get busy. It means something. Mm -hmm. When you when we're witnessing now um, some of the events last week, we just kind of just barely touched the surface in regards to some of the mass shooting stuff. And. um when we reference religion and control, um, we do see a decline in Christianity in our country. Um, now, when we're looking at, let's say, the mass shootings, and we're looking at now all of a sudden we have all these copycats happening. We have people trying to walk into a Walmart wearing body armor um, with a gun. Do you think that this is the new Christianity? This is the new re uh, the religion by creating fear? through violence um i i don't know if I, I i don't know how to properly ask that question are we creating a new religion it's not really religion but the religion thing isn't working as much anymore because a lot of people are losing their faith in in organized religion so do you think we're creating and manipulating and manufacturing propaganda uh to create a fear to allow the big eyes in the skies to continue to protect us or take our rights away hmm it's interesting because it's really two different questions. It's it, the question is about the populace as a whole, what's being created. And then the question is to those individuals that end up walking into Walmart mm -hmm. with guns and taking a shot. I think there's difference between those people um, as a whole, as a culture, we're almost experiencing a sense of nihilism. We've realized that religion isn't working. 
and as hard as religion is trying to get the genie back in the bottle, I don't think it's ever going to be able to do so. We are seeing the decline of religion. Churches are empty. Uh, I wouldn't make a joke, but I won't. But churches are empty or, and emptying. So there's this nihilism, this what do we do? Where do we go? Almost a sense of hopelessness. And then some, and that puts people into a state of there's this undertone of hopelessness, even with people in our, in our genre, Rocky, you know, things start, we start thinking now of, oh, I want to go to the football game, but should I go? What if there's, you know, a tragedy there? There's just mm-hmm. this little undercurrent. And I think what President Trump has been, if you notice President Trump, he's had a, a very consistent messaging going all the way back to Parkland, Parkland specifically, um, Gilroy specifically. Dayton specifically, El Paso specifically, and uh, President Clinton has said, and you talk about Sarah and linguistics and stuff. I'm a master practitioner of neurolinguistic programming. And when President Trump says we have to remember it's a mental health issue and he repeats it like three or four times in with space of five to ten seconds, mental health issue, mental health issue, mental health issue. I have a strong suspicion that Donald Trump is recognizing and he's speaking to the deep state, the dark state, mm. the dark left. He's recognizing the effects of MK Ultra style mind control and activating these people to go in and perpetuate these tragedies. And he's telling them, we know what you're doing. Stop it or I'm coming for you. Interesting. Interesting. So, so you believe he's working the subliminal market with a lot of what he's doing and people don't even realize he's doing it. Donald Trump is three moves ahead of mm-hmm. everybody else. And Jerome Corsi made a statement the other day that I thought was profound. He said, Donald Trump always looks like he's going to lose until right before he wins. And that's fact. That's Th- fact. That's fact. Trump is already launched an attack and he's already done a, a, a massive job at, and I know this sounds crazy at banishing dark spirits from Washington, D.C. He's already done a big operation on banishing uh, deep state, dark state forces out in Mm -hmm. China Lake. Mm -hmm. And now he is identifying to the CIA, to the dark shadow government people that are employing mind control weaponry against the American people. He's saying, I got your number and you can stop or you can be taken out. I think that Once 2020 passes and he's reelected, we are going to see we're going to see a scorched earth policy. He's not going to drain the swamp. He's going to set that mofo on fire and watch it burn. Do you think Facebook is mind control weaponry? It is. But what did Trump just say right now? Right now, Rocky Stucci, they are debating the language of an executive order Mm -hmm. that is going to affect all the social media. So get ready, Google, get ready, YouTube, get ready, Facebook, get ready, Twitter, get ready, Instagram and all the rest of you. And you're going to be defunded. You're going to be you're going to have all of your exemptions taken away if you don't ensure a fair and level playing field for both liberal and conservative causes. And he's got he's debating it right now. It's on the question of if he's going to do it. It's when. Interesting. Very interesting. And we don't want to silence the left. We're not that kind of people. Right. Because, you know, I talk about the dark left Mm -hmm. and there is a dark left. Hell yes, there is. Rocky. There's also a left that's not dark. There's some people that just have 
left-leaning beliefs, yep. liberal beliefs, and they're honorable people. Yep. They're honest people. They have heartfelt convictions, and we can sit down and have an adult beverage and a fine Cuban cigar with them and talk about these things. Hell yeah, we can, brother. But Trump is saying to the dark left that wants to shut down people on the right and wants to shut down uh, uh, people that are have uh, middle of the road convictions and, and tilt it all towards the left. He's saying you can't do that anymore. Not and maintain your exemptions, not and maintain your profit. We're coming for you, social media. It's going to be a level playing field. And Rocky, imagine we've done pretty damn good on a tilted playing field. We're mm -hmm. swimming upstream and we're yep. doing pretty good. Could you imagine what we can get done, my brother, on a level playing field? Oh, man. Dude, I'm telling you. Watch out. Watch out. What's up? No, watch dude, out. I'm glad you said that in regards to the left because I, I, it's weird that we even have to say that, that. There's good people on the left and there's good people on the right. It it sucks and it's stupid that we even have to even bring that up in a conversation because you're exactly right. Some of the best people I know are on the left. And uh, and, and when I go meet somebody, I don't say, yo, how you doing? My name is freaking Stucci. Uh, you conservative or liberal? You know what I'm saying? I don't do that. I no. judge an individual by their character, you know? And exactly. uh, you cannot look down on somebody because their heart is huge. Their heart is so big that it could endanger certain things because of their compassion, right? And I'm talking about like yep. national security issues. I can't yep. come down and hate people for that because they love so much. Um, it, and that doesn't mean that my friends on the right don't love that much either, but they also understand what it takes to keep a, a civilization moving forward. Now, yep. when we now, Rocky, look, there's a dark left. Yes. And there's also a light left. Oh, tell me about the light. And there's light. a light right, but guess what? There's a dark right too. What are we, bro? I would like to think that we're on the right. We're the right, right, bro. What are you talking Dude, about? What's up now? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We are the right, right. So when we look at this is, I don't even, it's not even a conspiracy. This is what pisses me off. It's not even conspiracy. It almost seems like when we observe, Jeff, and and, and that's what I do, um, very few times do I ever go on to some of these big sites on social media and make a comment because I know that the psychopaths will sit there and try to waste my entire day by having me debate all day on social media. I don't do it. ain't got time for it. But it almost seems like when we look at the manipulation of data, the manipulation of distribution of information, it almost seems like Whoever it is, if we want to call them the rulers of the world or the puppeteers or the puppet masters, it almost seems like they want the left to think everybody on the right is this far right, radicalized Nazi KKK dude, right? And it almost seems like the far right wants to give the impression that everybody on the left is communist, is uh, whatever it may be, right? Antifa, you're right, Black Lives Matter. And when people don't get out and converse with other human beings and our reality is strictly based off of what we see on our phones and our computers and internet, it creates a division that is unprecedented and that I've never seen before. And I do worry. And I think part of one of the biggest motives that is being part of this dialectic right now is that they want major division in this country and they do. media and politicians are willing to take a risk of creating a civil war in this country just strictly for their political gain and the empowerment of a police and surveillance state. 
And I was just thinking when you said that, you know, we've got people don't even go out and they need to get out and meet other humans, but they don't anymore. I'm thinking of like the dating apps, you know, um, I, I don't know the names of them, but they have the dating apps right on your phone. Now, are we at the point yet, Rocky, where people meet on some app and then they have like a, uh, a FaceTime first date or do they still actually go out and meet somebody in a place? Because if it's not there yet, it's coming. You'll get on your app. You'll meet. Oh, yeah. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I like you. And then we'll have our date right on the damn phone. You won't even have you won't even have interaction anymore. It'll be virtual dating. Uh, you it's know, coming. I wanted to do a little experiment. Just I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, bro. I always wanted just to kind of sign up for a dating app just to see how many people would swipe left or swipe right with me. You know what I'm saying, bro? <laughs> if you did the, the face as your as your uh, profile picture, would that be an interesting social experiment, yeah, like, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be an experiment. But, yeah. you know, uh, Jay Campbell used to be on uh, The Last Stand with me. He made a profound statement one day. I don't know if he made it or if he heard it, but he said, Video games have ruined American males and Snapchat has ruined American females. So when I go to the bar, um, I'm actually looking for people that look like bears and lizards and these (laughs) cartoon crowns on their head. Um, It's like we live in this fantasy reality, you know, and I know we have imaginations. We do the Renaissance festival thing. People like to get dressed up. Uh, We have the, what do they call it? Cost where people go to these Trek wars. Yeah. The the Trek wars conventions. And you know, they dress up as like part of that. And that's fantastic. I think it's an awesome thing. I, you know, live it out. That's why people love Halloween because they can step out of the manufacturing matrix and be whatever monster or queen. They got these things too called, I think furry conventions where people go, and they like to ha- have uh, Wait a sexual relations oh, while they're up? wearing these furry costumes and stuff. What do you mean furry, dude, when you bring sex and I mean, furry? Like, big furry costumes, and they do their business while they're in these costumes, bro. Are you serious, bro? We got to go. I'm serious. It's real. The listeners depend on us for this information, <laughs> Jeff. When you said these big furry conventions, right away I thought of is a bunch of people walking around naked that didn't shave their shit. What's up now? No, not that. They They have, like... <laughs> Yeah, costumes on, bro. I, I was I lived in Vegas and I saw them at this convention at one of the hotels. I'm like, what the hell are you people? Oh, we're furries. We're called furries. I'm like, okay. So they get in and share a costume and no, no, no. They like you have your costume, your furry oh. costume, then she or he, whatever you're into, has their furry costume. And I guess there's some access panels or what? portals or you know, little openings in the costume and I don't really know the details, Rocky. I just know the, the broad brush of the whole thing. I ain't judging, bro. I'm not judging. We don't judge here. You know what I'm saying? We don't judge. I actually want to go check this shit out now. What's up, Jeff? There's pe- but I would think that would be really hot. Oh, it'll be hot, bro. Super hot. Yeah. And then there's, <laughs> then there's the chafing issue that oh. would be involved. Oh. And I mean, how many times can you? Ooh. I mean, there's like fluid exchange Ooh. and. You think you're, 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 how long before your furry is all soiled and nasty and you got to get a new one and it can't be cheap oh, to get this whole suit. Now I'm judging. Now I'm judging. <laughs> now I'm judging, bro. Now I'm judging. Damn, bro. Oh, boy. So and Jeff, it's... we have just under two minutes left. Uh, I want to make sure that we get a chance one more time. Let everybody know about what is coming up on the 15th. 
Oh man, on the 15th, we've got the combined Rocky Stucci situation room, shut up and listen, a whistleblower conspiracy and comedy extravaganza coming up at the Depot Bar and Grill in Hastings, Minnesota, 8 p.m. Show up. You're going to hear some conspiracy talk. You're going to hear some paranormal talk. I think you're going to hear some stand-up comedy as well, and you're going to be able to sit down and partake in, in a meeting of the minds and the mouths with people just like us. And we're going to have a, and I'm sure at the end of the day, a great time will be had by all. That is going to be the 15th. That is actually this coming up Thursday. It is in That's historic right. downtown Hastings, beautiful town, right on the river, really old buildings. The whole town is freaking haunted. We're going to get there early, so if you want to come there, I know, Jeff, I got a message. Somebody is traveling a very long way just to bring him, his wife, and their a friend of theirs down to come and hang out with us. Oh, that's going to be amazing. I wonder if the, where am I staying? I can't remember where I'm staying, but it's a new place. I don't know if it's had a chance to be haunted yet. We'll make it haunted. We'll, we'll summon shit, bro. That's what we do. That's, <laughs> that's what, no, what we do. That's what we do. So anyways, I hope to see everybody there uh, come early so we get a chance to actually mingle with you guys and do some hugs. We could do group hugs as long as you want. We don't judge. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's going to be a blast, and I cannot wait to see Brother Jeff, and I cannot wait to finally meet Miss Cynthia. Brother, we have 30 seconds. Take us out. It's going to be a great time. And ladies and gentlemen, Mark Twain once said that it's much easier to fool someone than to convince them that they've been fooled. But me and the Emotional Meatball, we are not going to stop trying. Shut up and listen. We'll see you again next week.